Joel, how are the women in Hungary? <laughs> they thirsty? I get it. What? That's a term for when they want cock. The women in Hungary were rushing How thirsty were they? Lower, lower your stool a little bit. Oh. I don't think I can. Higher. Yeah. Make the stool go higher. Slow she goes. Wow. When you go up, maybe it'll just undo itself. Sure. Fuck it. That's Bring that couch over here. I fucked with the camera yesterday while I was playing, so that might be it. Uh, not seeing a live stream. Not Go to roosterteeth.com and then check out that live it's broadcast. It's not on our Vimeo channel. Because I know it's there. Joel. Well, somebody said it was it was hooked up to the patch. Oops. No, it's not. It's not. I just looked at it. There you go, James. Hey, it's a new site. We're working on it. Good looking out, James. Email Adam at roosterteeth.com. Do you notice that looks like an Xbox symbol on his beret? What's that all about? What? No, it looks like a military symbol. Achievement Hunter is a very similar thing. Yeah, because there's this pattern after the Xbox. Uh, yes. No, it's not. It's not Achievement Hunter, Adam. No, it's Achievement. Yeah, Hunter. but it's designed after the fucking. It's not. The, that's not the Xbox logo. Anyway. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Achievement Hunter. The Xbox logo. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kidding around. He's I don't know. I don't know. He's looking it up. I'm not sure. Where's this website thing? We had the four. Had the Ring of Light. Nope, that's not the Xbox logo. Sure it is. I don't know. I'm not sure. Welcome to the. Uh, that's the Xbox yes. logo. Uh-huh. That's what it looks like. Yeah. You're thinking of the Achievement logo. Which Damn I can't it, spell. Oh. Damn it. Yeah, and it looks like the front of an Xbox 360 when oh. Achievements first came out. Well, Achievement Hunter. I they see. took yeah. it from Xbox branding you, at the time. Branding? I don't know. Yes! Fight, it's just, fight, it's just fight, four fight, lights fight, on the front fight, of the Whenever you get an achievement, it shows you the icon at the bottom of the screen. Right. And also remember when you, like, yeah. Tells you what color you are, remember player you are. Remember the Red Ring of Death? Yeah. Look up Red Ring of Death. Uh, we're live streaming the patch right now, apparently. Cool. All right. Welcome to the patch, everybody. Welcome to the patch. So, it says dude soup on it. Welcome to yeah. the patch. What website are you looking at? I've been what gone are we a while. Playing? What's going on? This is Trimbo the Elephant or whatever. <laughs> welcome to <laughs> Welcome to uh, an argumentative bowl of dude soup. Hello. Uh, I'm not gonna argue. It's a bowl of dude soup that doesn't acknowledge the fact that that symbol is totally from achievements on the Xbox 360. Oh, stop it. I'm <laughs> with Lawrence. I think it is. It looks exactly like the red one. I don't care. You know what? How about this? I don't give a shit. Yeah, well. Well, there you go. Uh, this episode is. Told you, Joel's look. There she goes. Joel's old timey computer. I know. Oh, there she is. Joel, when it gets to the end. Joel, when it gets to the end, you have to push it back so you can start typing again. <laughs> the auto return is broken. <laughs> uh, this episode is sponsored by Loot Crate. For less than $20 a month, you can get six to eight items of gamer and pop culture licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure to head to lootcrate.com slash dudesoup and enter code dudesoup, that's all one word, mm -hmm. to save $3 on any new subscription. You'll hear more from them later. But first, we have a touching... A touching letter to share. Oh, we do? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. We're going to read the letter. I forgot oh, about that. This is very serious. Keep a straight face. Come on. Uh, yeah. yeah you got to read it. It's really Commit. important. Commit. All right. So tell them who, they, who it came from, the email address. Yeah. Uh, it came from um, 105C8R plus 2ENGMG8FTY. Um, okay. <laughs> at what? Uh, um, at GorillaMail.com. GorillaMail, okay. Um, in, in, just in case you were wondering, GorillaMail is a service in which you can instantly generate a disposable email to send to somebody. Which is important because this is a very important email and a very serious email. Yeah. And I wouldn't want anyone to think it's anything but. Okay. <clears throat> so this is in, in relation to a... Uh, this is in relation to a certain news story we did on the know uh, uh -huh. about a particular game that a lot of people are looking forward to. Yeah, you're talking about uh, Silent Hills, right? Yes, about Silent Hills. Okay. Um, first of all, this is the email. First of all, I could not find Mr. Green's email address. Uh, yeah. This is the only one I stumbled upon. Uh -huh. Anyway, this is an anonymous confession about Half-Life 3. Mm -hmm. After seeing your two videos on the know, I thought it'd come out as I probably have very little time left to live. <laughs> I signed an Stop NDA. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, hey. I signed an NDA for all of what I saw, but I don't think it has any point now. I am a teenage boy who suffers from an aggressive form of cancer. I won't go into too much detail. Don't let that imply that it's not true. He just doesn't have time, as he says many okay. times. Just read the story. A few months ago, I got to visit Val through Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah. But I wanted to keep a low profile. <laughs> I wanted to keep a low profile mostly because I knew I would see some amazing things and I didn't want people to ask me about it. So this, he's, he's dying and he went to Valve? Yes, it's through Make-A-Wish. Okay. I talked to Mark Laidlaw, Gabe Newell, and some other big names in the company. Mm -hmm. And that was my dream as I am a huge Valve fan. They showed me some things such as the gunmetal update for Team Fortress 2, some iterations of Dota 2 Reborn, and they told me they showed me something called Clarity. Uh. <laughs> Excuse me. I had no idea what I was about to see, 
But after finding, about, after finding out Valve uses some very odd code names internally, such as Insatiable Raccoon for the Dota 2 Workshop tools and Box Rocket for SFM, uh-huh. I thought Clarity wasn't that much of an odd name, so it must be something people internally could easily remember. They take me to the VR room, they have a VR room, and made me use an early version of the Vive. Uh-huh. They boot it up, and I'm in some Arctic environment. I was very confused until they told me, don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> I like that they made him do it. I know, I know. Gabe, Gabe, yeah. Gabe grabbed his... <laughs> 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 but, but then he got confused, and he was like, it's so cold, but I don't feel cold. All right, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just touching. It's important. Yeah. As soon as I looked down at my virtual body, I realized I was playing as Gordon Freeman, and this was a demo of Half-Life 3. I had a blast playing it. Uh-huh. I was on top of the Borealis killing some new Combine enemies. Some were females in a white suit, most people just say women, but females. <laughs> uh, while others were a mix of Nine. flesh and metal called melters. Ooh. Cool. I got to play the single. Exp- I got to play some of the single player experience too. Apparently, he was playing oh, multiplayer he was playing before. Multiplayer? Okay. Um, but only the first ten minutes for reasons unknown. I was next to Alex, and her helicopter had crashed inside a pile of snow. She's also a female. Yes, another fe- another female human. Uh, there was a big structure in front of us, according to Alex, which, according to Alex, was a weather manipulation station used by the combine. We tried getting around it, but it was too massive, so we walked into a nearby cave. Mm-hmm. Alex starts talking about how her dad would always bring her into similar caves back in Black Mesa when she was a child. Can't remember much of the dialogue. Sorry. Okay. Must be the answer. Um, she stopped and looked at a skull on the ground, and we heard some howling noises shortly after. She told me to run. I was using a VR treadmill prototype during the entire session, by cool. the way. We were so greeted you by someone that before. Also, also no. wait, hold on, hold on. He said he didn't have very much energy because he has cancer, but he's using the treadmill. Well, this was wake, make a wish. This could have been like five years ago. Also, it's like mouse sensitivity. You can turn it up. Oh, so you don't have you to walk right up. Yeah, okay. so you just take one step, but then you go really far. That's to give you lots of Adderall before you do this. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, we were greeted by some combines that surrounded us and knocked, knocked the both of us unconscious. Mm-hmm. That was it. Nothing more. I think I have to ask Mark and Gabe about anything I wanted. So obviously I asked if I would ever see Half-Life 3 as I am a terminally ill patient. Gabe held my hand and said... Wait, 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 wait. Go back to the last part. Uh, okay. I'll reread that. Uh, then, I then got to ask Mark and Gabe anything I wanted. So I obviously asked if I would ever see Half-Life 3 as I am a terminally ill patient. Gabe held my hand and just said, I don't think so. He was trying not to weep, but I did. That's my favorite part. Oh, man. That's my favorite part of the email. Go ahead. Just go ahead. <laughs> he, he said, we are probably able to show something more next E3, but not earlier. Oh, E3. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> Although you might enjoy what we have for store, have in store. Uh-huh. I couldn't believe my own eyes. Left 4 Dead 3 was being booted up right behind me. <laughs> We started playing it for a good hour with two other employees, which apparently don't have names. <laughs> Just men. Yeah. Mark and Gabe too? Uh, whatever. Sure, whatever. Uh, he's, <laughs> he started telling me about how Left 4 Dead 3 was their next big thing. It's their new IP. Nope. Nope, okay. new IP. <laughs> it's cancer. It's cancer talking. <laughs> that will run on the Source 2 engine. Nice. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He said they'd make an effort to ship Left 4 Dead 3 as soon as possible. I asked when exactly, and he said, when the Vive comes out, I will personally come to your hospital, and we can play it in VR for as much as you want. Uh-huh. But I'm sure this will never happen. I've been feeling too ill lately. Oh, sorry, cancer. Anyway, back to Half-Life 3. I asked them why it took them so long, and Mark only answered with, We went through many iterations, none of which were perfect, but we finally found something that looks to be promising in the long run. It will blow people away. I can totally agree on that. The graphics in the demo looked amazing. If CryEngine and Source had a baby and removed all geometry limitations, this would be it. Okay, cool. I cannot remember much of the tour. My memories are really vague. Like I said, I've been feeling very ill lately, and I can barely find the energy to type this email. <laughs> Does he have cancer? I forget. Yes, oh, terminally okay, ill gotcha. with cancer. Terminally Ill. He's coughing in his little bed with his little hand draped gotcha. on the laptop keyboard. Yeah, <laughs> One button at a time. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Feel free to use any of this piece of info in your videos. We'll Believe do. me or don't, it's your choice. Right, we'll do. Rest assured that Half-Life 3 is much of a thing, mm-hmm. and when you see it yourself, it's impossible to believe it will not come out. Take care and keep the hype up. Oh wait, hold on. Gabe said in the email it's not coming out. It is though. Well, not by the, this kid will be dead. Yeah, by he's now. gonna die. Oh. Next E three though. Gabe got the medical records yeah. and yeah. He said, "Ooh, looks like you don't have much time left." <laughs> he checked at the file. Did he say when he went on this tour? No. Uh, Make a wish foundation. Let me check here. Let's see. 
Is there a date? Uh, do, 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 do. Is there a date on that one? A few months ago. We'd like now. to verify our sources. He said a few months ago. <laughs> a few months ago. Sure. A few yeah. months ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's he's probably still fighting for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. He's still I'm around. sure. No. Man. Well. So there you go. Uh, all the stuff that we. Thank reported. you so much. No, with that, nameless hero, you you are a hero for making a dummy email account and sending us that very true story. <laughs> I don't use the word hero often. Uh -huh. Do you think? Do you think that when someone's typing hero, hero. that, th just thinking about comedy? Yeah. When someone's typing that, are they laughing? Because I w I would be like we were working on a script yesterday and we were laughing, writing it right as we're writing things in. I think. Yeah, or do laughing. you think they're determined? Because they're like. Man, when they read this, gonna they're, gonna, them. they're gonna- They're, they're gonna, gonna look gonna, so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna look so dumb. Uh, alright, alright, so here's the problem. Here's the problem with our attitudes toward this email and everybody yeah. else on the internet. No, this right was now. great, man. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm very we, sorry for your loss. We have, we have been He's told- we have been told that we are condescending. We are. That we are assholes. Just to cancer we patients. That we're cocky, <laughs> and- and- and that we Oops. basically- we got our story shot down, and- Instead of admitting that we were wrong, we decided that we were going to be Assholes. mean to the internet. No. That's what I've been told. We were mean? Were By we? a lot of comments. They, a lot of comments yeah. said we were condescending. There's a lot of times when I am mean on purpose. Uh -huh. And I don't feel like I ever intentionally was mean during this pro their whole like process. And, it, that, and honestly, that's because I was honestly impressed with most of the way the internet received our reporting. Like, uh, when the first story came out, a lot of, pe a lot of people, um, and I'm saying a lot because typically it's not a lot. We're like, you know what? That makes sense. Yeah. Um, that's a bummer. I'm disappointed, but this this story makes sense to me. And thank you for reporting on it. I was like, wow, shit! It actually works. Yeah. And you know, there were some people who were just like like super mad, but I would expect that too. So. Well, yeah. But but I've seen recently that our most like our follow up to Half Life Three was oh, yeah. very condescending. Oh. Uh, really? Because we said that they were balls deep in denial. Oh. Um, I don't know, man. When you make a video that says Half-Life 3 is going to come out, and your reasoning is because we all know it's going to, that sounds like denial to me. So I, th me. I thought a lot about this last night because I don't want to be condescending. I don't like being condescending. It's actually a trigger for me. This is not a real- this is actually a real thing. I don't like being told that I'm condescending, and I do my best to try and not be. So, I'll so do just, my best to try and not be and tell you this. Yeah, just all not right. being condescending. Um, Alright, I'll do my best. Um, I'll do my best. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll do my best. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I've never triggered. seen Bruce be this genuine before. The, yeah, I'm really actually trying to be genuine here because I, I got a lot of those comments. So I'm gonna, I'll just, I'll tell you straight out. If you don't want to believe what we reported, you don't have to. Oh hell no. That's it. it it's kind of the bottom line because you have to trust that we did our research on the sources, on the story, on the data. You gotta trust that we did it. And if you can't trust it, if you don't believe us, and you believe that Mark Laidlaw came out and said some relatively general things, well, didn't give us any hand or whatever. He didn't give us any specific oh, that info. That was Gabe Newell. Oh, sorry. That was Gabe Newell. No, but he talked about my... Mark Laidlaw. Yeah, no, Mark Laidlaw was there, but Gabe Newell was the one who held his hand oh, and stared into his eyes. And wept. Tears welling up, saying, I'm right, sorry, but you will not survive. So I'm trying How's this condescending? So again, if if you don't want to believe us. That's okay. That's all right. You don't have to. Um, that's that's that is your prerogative. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I don't like we said in the video. I don't like doing these sorts of stories because it's like it. Well, like I think they're neat. I think they're cool. Yeah, but they're I, fun. But I dread them because it's like, well, we have to use the term anonymous source because we know who the source is. Right. We've we've had contact. We we have verified the source. Yes. This isn't a kid sending an email from his Gator account or whatever the fuck, <laughs> and saying, "I've got cancer. I've played Half Life." Do a story on it. We're like, whoa, we got to do this. Verify the source. Like, what you know, a scoop! No, like, we're not that stupid. Um, I wish we were sometimes, but we actually did the work. We covered the story, and we did it the best we could. But because it is a source that we're not allowed to reveal, mm -hmm. because someone's job could be in jeopardy, yep. uh, or multiple jobs, um, we have to report it as anonymous. That's not to say. We know who the source is. We can't tell you who it is, so we say anonymous. I think that gets a little misconstrued, and people go, "Yeah, right. they think we got an email from someone that says anonymous at anonymous dot com." Right? No, no. Um, Half Life Three and happening, bros. And we're like, "Whoa, whoa!" <laughs> not a, not it at all. So I guess we should say a source that is unnamed. Yeah, yeah. That's the probably a source the best. who would prefer to remain anonymous. Yeah, that's the best way of saying it. I and and I, I got in 
tw- on a Reddit thread. You can read the whole thing if you want, because it's public. <laughs> Saddest phrase ever. Like, I <laughs> on a really dusted up on the Reddit thread. Yeah, right? but it was one guy being like, "Well, I'm having a hard time believing." Like, I don't care if you believe me. Like, we we have we gain nothing from this. It's weird because yeah, the the this assumption is, is there's a lot of people, and and this is this is something that I discovered. It's going to take a while to get there, but I promise I'm going to make it quick. Okay, so uh, yeah. there's there's a tendency, um, and a lot of people have complained on the internet about this. That that there's that condescending tone again. Yeah, I or other yeah. Well, that's what, exactly what I'm going to get to. That I or other people tend to refer to everyone on the internet as a single person, and I finally understood why it is. It's because that's how the conversation is framed. Like you will read anyone on the internet, and they say you. They're talking to you as an individual, and you want to write back saying, "Well, stop being a dick, you." So it's. Given that, that all we hear is people talking to us singularly, it's tempting to want to frame it as a one-on-one thing, yeah, and it's yeah. totally not. And I, I don't know, I just came to that realization that that's why I kind of defaulted into that. I, I'm going to try to not do that in the future. Yeah, just name names now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Call out specific people. Well, I can't even. They're like all behind oh. usernames, which is the other aspect to it. Like, we put our names on it, we put our reputations on it, yeah. and then somebody will register a dummy email or Reddit account to call us out, and we're like... This situation isn't exactly fair. Yeah. You know, uh, I put my... Uh, ooh, I, I, I had the courage to put my name and my reputation on it, and right. then you're telling me that I'm a lying shithead from, like, a, an anonymous user account? That doesn't really add up. You're, you're a hero. Yeah, I know. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, yeah. I've been waiting for somebody to say it. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh I love But, uh... What happened to our long cord? I... I guess it doesn't it work. Doesn't work. It doesn't oh. work. Yeah, I tried plugging in the controller. Neat. Um, but, uh, I... I, I, I think... think well. That'd be great. Yeah. I think honestly, a lot of people reacted very maturely to this story, and in the fact that it was a very nuanced story, yeah. um, it wasn't as simple like, like Joe Badman said, "I hate Half Life, and I'm not going to make it come out." <laughs> it was it was more like here's here's a, a complex set of business realities that yeah. are happening, and I think we actually I think we did a good job laying it out, just because most people Stop responded. yourself on the back. I'm just no, I'm just saying because yeah, of the because of the response to it. Um, I was very wow. impressed by that. You, oh. like a lot of people, responded to it very well. Sorry. Yeah, there oh. were some people who didn't, but they're yeah. they're just there for the the combat. They want to be right. They don't necessarily want the truth. Sure, I guess. But at the end of the day, like what what makes me kind of sad is you can sit there and go, um, okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna believe Half Life Three will come out. I'm gonna sit here and keep waiting for Half Life Three to come out, and it's mm-hmm. not you coming out. But I'll believe, and that like that's I, the weird thing. I you gave up on that probably what. When, when was episode three, I guess, would have made sense for it to come out? Uh, Sometime in 2008, 2009? Yeah. And then it became a meme and a joke, and then... Like, 2011 would have been late. 2015 oh. is just absurd. Yeah, and now it's like, well, okay, shit. Um, and and that's, then, that's the thing, like, you would think time would be on our side of events, and yet there are, like, there are people like, no, Half-Life 3 is still in dev, it's still coming. And we're just like, listen, everything you have in the world around you tells you that our version should be the more logical one. And you're, well, you're just logic. saying no, just no, because no. Valve News Network or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Whose entire business is based around sucking Valve's dick um, is hey, a thing. Not biased reporting. That's condescending. Sorry, goddammit. Try not to be condescending. I'm sorry. No, I get it, though. I mean, I... When Half-Life 2 came out, I stayed up until 2 a.m. because that's what, that's when it unlocked in my time zone. I worked at a GameStop at the time, and my manager was cool enough to like let me check the game out early. Um, so I could take it home and install it, and then I had to wait for the decrypt key to come through Steam. And I stayed up until like 5 a.m. playing it, and I skipped class the next day. Like, I'm a, I'm a half-for-lifer. Half-for-lifer? That's a cool Boom! Um, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. I know. It's sad, it's sad being a Half-Life fan these days. And Feels like it. It's just weird because, uh, going back to the original point, there's this context that people that, that call out your story have, which is they assume that you were super invested in being right. Meanwhile, you're just like, I know I'm right. I don't need to prove it to you. Well, the other part being, I wish I, we weren't right. Yeah, that's, Honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do too, yeah. I, I was hoping that the story would be, guys, Half-Life Theory is being developed, and they're planning for a, uh, like a VR release in like 2016, and then a regular release in 2017. Um, here's some screenshots. <laughs> yeah. I wish that was a thing, honestly. Man, that would be cool. I don't, I don't want, and it's that sort of, you know, this term has existed since I don't know how long, but the, you know, don't kill the messenger. But we're the messenger and we're, you know, the idea is like, kill, fuck those guys, and we're like, no, we're just, this is just the news, I'm sorry. Well, we also have to be pretty honest in the fact that I like reporting these sorts of stories. I like, really do too. I'll, I'll, it's funny, because a lot of people were, like going after my email with Mark and being like, you know, you don't, you said you didn't like doing this stuff, and, and no, that's not true. I said the audience felt like it was owed to them, 
and I don't think that it's owed to me personally. Um, what's owed to you? Half Life? Uh, uh, no, just information. Information oh. in general. No. I don't. I don't think that it's owed to me. But everyone kept saying, "Well, like, the, no, you feel that way," and I was like, I, "No, that, I don't feel that, that way." Tone. I think the audience feels that. Way. <laughs> Um, and, and, and that's that's a that's the difference is that like that's the reason that's one of the reasons we, ah fuck that's one of the reasons we report on this stuff is because uh, we feel like the oh shit uh, down we feel like the audience uh, playing Tembo the badass elephant by the way here you treat seats just pretty good man that elephant is not looking good those bloodshot eyes ooh got um, that peanut butter in there we feel like the audience uh, has sort of the way they come off to us feels like it's owed to them and we we don't feel that way sometimes. Uh, personally, I'm well, part I, of the audience, a loud vocal yes. part of the audience. Yes, a loud vocal part of the audience. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think that's that was also the case with with like Mass Effect Three, which I again like comes up specifically in the story, but I think is also applicable for a number of reasons. Is that when it came out, there was this this notion that Bioware had betrayed everyone that had bought their games and oh, and yeah. had valiantly offered up their time to play and have fun with the Mass Effect series. Like how how could you do this to uh, us? Us, your most loyal fans, who, uh, and I get that to a degree, but it's, I don't know, I just, I didn't, I, I still don't get the outrage. The only thing I could actually, like, theorize was that Mass Effect 3 as a whole wasn't so good, and people didn't realize that until the credits rolled, and they were mm -hmm. like, wait, that was not good. Oh, and then they got really mad at the ending, because it was the most recent thing they remembered. I don't know, but... Prometheans I, or Protheans or something. Yeah. I, I would, like, let's take a minute and talk about games reporting just in general. Yes. Alright. Uh, I like, love when we, James If does we this. can enlighten people on our process, yeah. I don't think it'll really help that much, but... We have a so, whiteboard and we so make things up. For me, for me personally, <laughs> screenshots. I basically, I, I'm not really a part of that process. Yeah. It's mostly the three of you uh, working on that. Um, Lawrence writing scripts. Uh, you guys gathering information and doing all kinds of stuff like that. Um, Lawrence putting the information together and compiling it and then you guys presenting it, right? I basically just film the thing. Yeah. But obviously, I see the work you guys put into it. I, I know when we got a lead on that story. Yeah. And I know how long you waited to actually do a story about it because you wanted to verify things mm -hmm. and you wanted to turn it into, you wanted to turn it into information as opposed to, hey, here's this thing we might have heard, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but the thing that's interesting to me, and listen, I, I'm not, like, I'm glad that we don't hear about Gamergate anymore. I'm really glad we don't hear about Gamergate. You're just not listening to the right places. Uh, I, yeah, I guess so, but Kotaku at, least, at least it doesn't, it doesn't in, it get into oh. my everyday life anymore. Um, but I just think about, like, the whole ethics in games journalism thing being yeah. so funny at the time, being so funny, and it's this utterly commercial industry. Like, oh yeah, there's there's a reason why Nintendo Power existed. All like games media began as this Sales whatever, vehicle. like what, like just just a bunch of ways for corporate entities to share their message in like a cool new way, kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah. right. And and I still stand by Johnny that. Arcade. I don't know that I don't think that games journalism is actually a thing, but I would say that y you guys are making an effort to be games journalists. Well, well yes and no. I, I was thinking about this today. My my issue with that, and I saw the 4chan thread where like these fuckers call them, you know, they uh, they don't call themselves journalists, but then they do journalism. Yeah, they do right. journalism. They go, lol, lol, lol. See, we weren't journalists, so we don't, we're not being held to these. I'm standards. not a carpenter, but I've hung, I've hung paintings. Well, before. no, I mean, yeah. the, the reason why we don't call ourselves game journalists is because we've seen the people who do call themselves. Yeah, game journalists. it opens well, you up to a okay. lot of. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be that. <laughs> that. Okay, but okay. So, but here's the thing. Um, you guys are doing, I think, actual journalism. I think it's fair to say that games journalism doesn't exist by nature of the medium. Yeah, yeah sure. Right? Sure. And by nature of the people who who ingest it, right? Okay. And, and this is also kind of tied to the whole games as art, games as a serious medium. Why do people treat it like toys? Why do people just treat it like a hobby? Why is it, why aren't they taking it more seriously? Like, mu put museums and things like that. Because I'm playing as an that, elephant. That's kind of happening people. in general, but it also it's also dependent on... That on how the audience reacts to things like this. Because what you guys basically did was investigative reporting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you have a source, you followed that source, you verified the source, and then you even turned the story into something more than what was given to you by the source, right? It became something bigger than that, something that attempted to be informative that you could use verified facts 
to support. Yeah. That's that's investigative journalism, right? Investigative reporting, investigative yeah, sure. whatever, whether or not you guys consider yourselves journalists. No, no, you're right, it is. By the way, right now, there's somebody who's like, ugh, they just did this podcast so they could suck their own dicks and tell us they were right for an hour. No, this, is, I, I, this isn't about... And? The whole point is there's no right or wrong, goddammit. It's fucking... It's games. My yeah. whole thing is it's like, people are looking for a right answer and a wrong answer, and it's like, the answers are always much more complex yeah. than that. Well, but do you want someone? Do you... And, and look at almost any other outlet, right? Now, this is, a, this is me sucking your guys' dicks. Yeah! Do you want any other outlet to just... Get the press release in the email, right, that says new Tomb Raider coming to PlayStation 4, right? <laughs> like, they wait until the press release comes out. Yeah. Polygon, wait until the press release comes out. Wait until their PR agent or whatever sends them the email and says, all right, go ahead. Or do you want someone to get some insider information share that information ahead of time, kind of shake things up and maybe affect the industry or give you some information that not everyone is just going to regurgitate and spew out again a hundred times in a hundred different ways. Like, I, I mean, what do you want? I think this is a really good time for fans of the industry to decide what they want the media of that industry to be. Well, press releases. Yeah, because right, right now, most people, according to what we've been told, want press releases. Because, like, a lot of the comments, a lot of the vocal, if they're a vocal minority, a lot of the vocal minorities say, you know, like, stop doing journalism, basically. They're just, like, because we don't want to hear it. I think they actually really got, are uh, the minority. I, I hope, I mean, I hope they are, but it's one of those things that, like... Like Mexicans? Like, I, I thought about running the data on it, actually, like, like looking at the view to comment to negative comment oh, ratio. Yeah. Yeah, it would have taken a while to come through all the comments and categorize them as positive, negative, or neutral. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, like, this is what people do for jobs, by the way. Uh, like, social media people do this all the time. Um, I didn't quite have the time to do that, but I think I'm confident that if you did run that kind of data, you'd see that like, okay, out of we got what 500,000 views on, on that first, video on the first video, yeah. maybe maybe a hundredth of those left a comment, and I would say out of this is loose guess, out of the one percent that left comments, maybe like 0.02 percent were very flagrantly negative. Mm -hmm. So I think just. I, I mean, we always say that the viewer we want is the one who watches our content goes like, that was cool. I either learned something, got entertained, I got what, I got my time's worth. Or did both. And I'm gonna go do something else. Yeah. I'm gonna go be a balanced individual, I'm gonna go like spend time with my kids, I'm gonna go to my job, I'm gonna go pick up a hobby, I'm gonna learn how to cross-stitch, whatever. Like... It's <laughs> cool. It's... <laughs> I, I think what we're seeing is the... Fuck. I don't wanna say it, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Like, the more you engage with the super engaged, the less return you get. Oh yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely. Right. Oh, it's yeah, diminishing returns. I was telling Bruce that like how he he spent his weekend like just fighting people and defending himself. I was like, you could you can use that energy yeah. in a video. There's and some you'll, people you'll who just reach want to fight. many more people and you'll probably make your point way more clear. Because I, I do that too. I get in the trenches and I'm like, I gotta stop doing that. Like, well, I, the, the, I think it's important I, to do it. I mean, it there's a there's a, there's a balance. Yeah, there's a balance. Yeah, there's a balance. Um, but like, I was just thinking this, like how people on our subreddit pointed out, they're like. Here's this 4chan thread about these guys. I'm like, man, I kind of miss when we weren't on 4chan. Yeah, yeah. we were on 4chan a while ago. I saw kind of, but it's like it's it's funny because <laughs> it's just creepy to like, I because they always think you don't see it. Yeah, they always well, think they have this private little clubhouse. Well, like, no, I, it's it's public I, internet. No, we can find this stuff. Except that, except that I saw that in that I only there saw was, that yeah. thread because someone linked to it, and there was like. Conf just so you know, they are confirmed linker or lurkers. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, lurkers. He's, he thought I was that like, I have if someone on our subreddit, if someone on our subreddit links to 4chan, otherwise, I guarantee you, I am not fucking going to 4chan oh, yeah, like, for I'm, any reason. I'm not on 4chan hardly at all. I think I know Lawrence is. Yeah. And Lawrence, everyone kept saying there. like, Lawrence, are you there? It was they, really well, <laughs> a lot of them think it's 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 also like it's part of that whole like they can't see us, but also we're the center of the internet type thing. Sure. They think that they think that they're like shell accounts that that. <laughs> that if anyone talks about anything positively, that they're it's just like somebody at that company who has an anon account posting. Astroturfer. Basically, yeah. yeah. And they think that we were doing that, but or some people were saying that. No, but I also think it's at the point of a meme. Like, you say that no matter what, all the time. You're out of water! Well, the whole- well, I know. Oh, fuck, I'm dead. Um, the whole time I was thinking, I was like, well... These are all people with, like, very, like, engaged opinions about us. But it, they're engaged, and they're watching our stuff, oh, and I'm good. like... Well, I, I don't know. I it's so. like I kind of miss when people were just passive about me and just didn't give a shit. Well, there are there are still people that do that. There, yeah. are, there are hundreds of thousands. Of them. That's what I'm saying. Good. Like, you know, I prefer that. It's like, oh man. The video had half a million views. That 4chan thread had yeah. 150 posts. Yeah. With really? with maybe a lot of duplicates. Yeah. Oh man. 
I don't know. I don't know. It, it's sort of the, I mean, I'm not going to name names, but we all know who I'm talking about. But, like, the people who are like... <laughs> well, it's, it's the Yeah, it's Joel. Um, it's the people who are like, you just, like, you hate fuck. Where you're like, oh, oh, yeah, you're like, I fucking hate these guys, but I watch everything they do, and it's like, what? Why? Yeah. Just, just don't watch. Just don't watch, please. Well, I hate not Joel. Joel works here. He has to watch. This is like more. And nobody complains all the time. More potential dick sucking, but it's. Uh oh, more dick sucking. Yeah, We're condescending. I don't want to do this. We're condescending. Wait, dick hold suckers. on. I, I'm gonna also. I, I want to acknowledge the condescending thing because we are condescending. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. But I think we're. I think. I think in some ways, one, one, we're condescending, um, because we're older. Yeah. We're we're probably older than our average viewer and maybe yeah. the like average person on the internet that is vocally a part of like games media. Um, so we're condescending because we've seen more of the world likely and we've we we've seen more of the games industry almost for sure. Oh, we've definitely seen more of the games else. industry. I've been to France. So, so when someone <laughs> says something we have to we have to roll our eyes a little bit because yeah. we've seen we've seen what happens behind the scenes and things like that and how yeah. how things are treated and how seriously some of these comments are taken and things like that. So so there we are condescending and I think I think that's maybe not that's not an excuse. We shouldn't just be allowed to be condescending. Nice. But um, but that's why so hopefully that helps you understand there. The other, I, the other part is I think we're trying to speak the voice of the people that we are talking to, right? Like, That's I think true, we're yeah. trying Every to- Every gamer is condescending, that's a very good point. We're trying, oh, more so we're just trying to speak the, the internet, you know? Like, we're mm -hmm. trying to speak the lingo. Yeah. So like, to have a cool, fun, like more like condescending cool take <laughs> on the news is better than maybe our hand on our hip and like, like, because that, that's kind of condescending too. It sounds, it sounds like they're that's, really interested I feel like in that's you. Pandering, but yeah. Like, I don't know. I, you know. We'd rather be condescending than pandering. Well, I mean, like, like I said, I, I desperately, in my personal life, try and not be condescending because I've been told like, oh, you're condescending. And I'm like, I, I shut I guess, up, mom. I guess the problem is, I guess I the, get problem, that too. the problem is, is that I'm, Surprise. I'm confident in what I'm saying. Hmm. So is that the problem? Because like, we are very confident. In what we reported on, like this Otherwise is not we something that, have that on it. like, yeah, and, and also, I mean, I second guess a lot of the things I do just in my daily life, and I can't. No, number one, I can't second guess the stuff that we report because once we report it, it's gone. It's on the internet forever. So, I, I thought a lot about this before we put this story out, and Lawrence did too. I know, I know, we like really. We talked about it and we we're like, should you know, should we do this? Should we not do this? It's like, we, this wasn't something that we we're like, oh, half life yeah. three, we got to put it on the internet right now. It wasn't yeah. like that at all. That it, was, it was like we, we thought about it and made sure that this was something that, and we knew we were going to get a lot of flack. Yeah, yeah. We knew we were going to take a lot of shit. Um, and that was that's what uh, Adam's comment was very important, which was the fact that we have everything to lose and nothing to gain, because yeah. a half million views is nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, we're we're not. Also, we don't make any money on that. And we yeah. don't make money on yeah, views. So that's it's another like, important point. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of the thing that I, I like is like we get paid the same no matter how good the story is or not. Like, I mean, we might get a pat on the back and be like, hey, you guys have some good views. We haven't gotten that by the way. I don't know. We haven't gotten a pat on the back. I some of our some of our viewers were complimentary and. Uh, oh no no I meant I meant from like our superiors. No, yeah, from like our boss. Oh sure yeah, yeah. sure yeah. I'm just saying like, but we don't expect that either. It's sort of like. Going back to that one kid who asked, oh, I assume he's a kid. He might be, you know, a, a functioning adult. Um, Condescending. No, that's my voice. No, yeah, I just sound sarcastic. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, but that's... Oh, Adam, bad move. <laughs> Hit the wrong button. Um, but the guy who's like, he wrote, like, why you do this? Like, why you report this? People get mad at you. Why do you do this? Yeah. And I was like, just for two seconds, put yourself in our shoes. Not, not that, like, we're suffering or anything like that, but, like, someone comes up to you and you... You can vouch for the source, and they tell you, "Here's this. This story is going to blow your fucking mind." And you're like, "Okay, I trust this person. I did some did some legwork, and I found out that this story checks out. I'm just going to sleep on it." And it's like, "No, like <laughs> shit. Like, yeah. people deserve to hear this. Right, like, right. it's a, it's an interesting story." I think I think that as much as it creates a headache for the people at Valve or the people in any leak situation, and I do I do appreciate that. This act actively causes headaches for people. It either destroys their work in terms of like fucking up PR schedules or forces a nice dude like Mark Laidlaw to spend his entire weekend answering emails from angry people. Yeah. Uh, I did feel bad about that actually. Yeah. I didn't feel bad at all because I, mean, I was doing exactly the same thing. Yeah, sure. And, so. and I, I am too to a degree, but I always, I always feel like, you know, 
they, their job's based around the release of information and the timing of it. And if we mess with that, we're obviously messing with somebody's bread and butter. And, and I, I feel an amount of empathy about that. But ultimately, how it occurs to me is communication between games makers and games players is at an all-time low. And I don't want to send alarmists with that, but just in, in mind, I would say it was probably less before, before the internet existed. Like in the late 80s, there wasn't a lot of communication there. There was like some enthusiast magazines, mostly in the UK, that would actually publish interviews with game devs. And that was it. Like, you, you got to see the wholly clean, sanitized, like, Nintendo promotional VHS tape yeah. that had an interview with some dude with, like, some shitty, like, Nirvana knockoff wailing over it. And that was, that was your exposure to game dev. And, and what I see from a lot of people is they're just curious about how games are made, what the process is. And in the wake of any actual information, they end up making up a lot of it in their own head. And when you're, like, 12, mm. your vision of how the world works doesn't... White makes sense, but you roll with these assumptions. We just called all our viewers twelve. No, no, I was twelve. He's saying when he was. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, all right. I was worried. So I had this weird magical concept of what game development was and how it operated. Also I remember just the way game magazines were written. Is like yeah. these dudes are living the high life when in fact they were making no. probably minimum wage <laughs> and like working in cramped offices and. So like, I think smell I, bad. Yeah, I think that there is real value in. Uh, increasing the information and also hopefully the empathy between games players and makers because there's not a whole lot of empathy right now Right now. It's like Arkham Knight comes out and doesn't run on a certain platform. They're like fuck you <laughs> Take this game off the internet you piece of shit yeah. And if like there were if there were any empathy there if if when they were typing that they could feel the pain of all the QA people Who it's like a staff of ten and they're like this game is broken. It's broken. What are we gonna do? But now they maybe kinda, just temper the tone a little bit. Like kind of everyone gets kind of grouped in. I saw this. There was a story on the R Game subreddit where they're talking about um, uh, Evolve, and they're like fucking greedy developers, and it's like what? It, well, because they're like it, all the maps are free. I, no, I don't know, man. Oh, the I, DLC, the DLC. They, well, because it was like deal. a DLC vehicle, and yeah, they're like a big deal for them. And there was sort of this for weird for gamers. Well, there was this weird attitude. They were trying to turn into a platform, that, just like what Valve did. I, I don't know, but well, it's funny too because but Valve's like, cool. These are the guys who made Left 4 Dead originally. Yeah, yeah. Turtle Rock. Those Turtle. guys are awesome. Well, regardless, I'm just saying like it's a big studio. There's a Evolve lot of guys, cool. and like we've been a part of that. Where like we've been at companies where. The company's doing really stupid stuff, and we're like, please stop. Yeah. Like, please stop. And like, the individuals are cool, but the people at the head who are making all the calls are doing really dumb things. There's nothing you can do. And people are like, fuck that company. You're like, no, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I also don't agree with these things, but... And they're like, no, fuck you. I hope you don't get a job anymore. You're like, really? Yeah. That, that sucks. I've never known a game, a game dev, somebody who spends 12 hours a day making games, to want to do anything but make a fun game for people to play. Yeah. And then, I don't know, just this... The lack of empathy, the lack of of understanding that human beings make this stuff. And I think part of that is the lack of communication. Like, all you hear are these sanitized press releases. You know, Phil Spencer, very cool dude, but the most the average person ever gets to see him is when he's doing a presentation on stage. You should do a fan meetup. I'll go over well. Yeah, should do a fan meetup. Might get assassinated. Yeah, yeah, with Phil Spencer. All right, guys, Phil Spencer is going to be on deck this Thursday. Um, are you <laughs> Show up to the, the West Side Dave and Busters. With, with your sniper rifles. Ooh. Um, no. So, uh, it's just a do, video do game. An, do you have an ad read? We do, actually. Oh, darn it. Yeah. No, it's actually, that's good. That's a good thing. That's yeah. why I stopped you. It's a natural break. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you want to publicize your, um, your public meetup with Phil Spencer, <laughs> may I suggest a good idea is to host it with Squarespace. Oh. Squarespace uh, is a set of tools, basically, and also web hosting and everything like that. Basically, it's a one-stop shop for your online presence. Your ability to make a good-looking web page that does that cool little thing where you scroll and there's a bigger picture in the background oh, that scrolls that. less. Parallax scrolling, web 3.0, Squarespace has got you covered. Um, I've, we've tinkered around with it, at least I have. Let me tell you, it's a fuckload easier to make a website with Squarespace than it is to code. HTML and Notepad, <laughs> which I did in like 1998 when I first got internet, and one of the dudes in my Jedi Knight 2 clan gave me free hosting. I'm gonna punch you in the nose. <laughs> I used that website to host my amusing uh, observances about the world around me. Aren't you doing an ad read? I wanted to be Dave Barry. You're upsetting Squarespace. Sorry, Squarespace. Uh, Squarespace is trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world. So they say it starts at $8 a month, and you get a free domain if you sign up for an entire year. I already have big booty lovers, so don't try to get that one. Um, and in addition to uh, starting your career as a columnist, if you're in if you're in high school or college, oof, all right. Um, we say this a lot, um, and I'm going to say it again. Every time somebody asks, you know, like, how do I get into your line of work? The answer is do it, but also be able to show it. Mm. Uh, so a YouTube channel is fine, but if you want to re 
Man, they are going to town on that elephant. If you want to really make yourself stand out, you can have a nice, cool, custom-looking portfolio website showing either like your character models, your editing work, your compositions, your concept art, whatever you want to do. Pictures of Phil Spencer. Yeah, pictures of Phil Spencer. I'm saying like I've been to a lot of career fairs, uh, career expos and stuff, at game developers conference or whatever, and to a point, every <laughs> every single person. Uh, when you ask them for jobs or you're trying out, they want to see something right then. Like, pull it up on your phone, show oh, it to them. If you can capture their attention, then you've got an in. And that's how you get an in. It's, uh, it's a lot easier than it used to be. So, yeah, Squarespace is a good, uh, a good candidate oh. for that. Uh, start your free trial today with no credit card required at squarespace.com. Um, when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to sign up at squarespace.com slash dudesoup to get 10% off your first purchase. Once more, that's squarespace.com slash dudesoup, D-U-D... E-S-O-U-P, all one word. It has to be, it's a URL. Uh, and then 10% off your first purchase. Thank you for your sponsorship, Squarespace. We look forward to all the lovely websites that you guys will make. Phil Spencer. About Phil Spencer. Hey, Joel. He's in Hungary. Yeah, Joel needs to make a travel log. So That's why I'm watching the podcast. Yeah. And it's like a solid 45 seconds behind where you are right now. So I, I thought he was what you're talking about So, so here's, what, here's what I want from Joel, because Joel's gone. And I'm curious to see what your take is on this whole thing. The oh whole yeah, three thing. Joel, because, get over here. Because I, I know you're our friend, oh. but oh, he's at gone the same again. Time, absent the whole time. Joel's relatively uh, objective, so oh, he, huh. he can tell us if we sounded condescending or sounded like assholes or were doing something wrong or what. Well, so what we didn't maybe explain. Maybe Joel correctly. isn't the best barometer for sounding like an asshole. How dare you say <laughs> that I can't divorce? <laughs> What did, what did the, 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 the hoi ploy from myself. The hoi ploy? Is that a word? See what I mean? What did uh, 4chan call him? Broadway guy? Broadway guy. Yeah, was, <laughs> was, like, was, like, was the gay guy that dances. That was really funny. Uh, uh, what, all right, so I, I wasn't able to watch the videos until today, but I was... Uh, oh, fuck! But I had seen all of the uh, the emails that Mark and you had oh, yeah, gone yeah. back and had forth exchange. on. You read them all? I read them all. Good, good. I read the majority of four or five different incredibly long Reddit threads and the 4chan thread. Yeah. Um, and I think... It's the first time I've ever heard Joel say 4chan. 4chan. Oh, don't say it like that. <laughs> his favorite, say, hey, Joel, uh, say trip fact. His favorite post-70s <laughs> nouveau uh, artist. 4chan. 4chan. Um, and I think I handled it... I mean, I sent an email on Friday. I think I handled it really well. I think that... Um, it means a lot, Joel. You're welcome. Um, yeah, you're condescending. I think uh, I agree with. I think Lawrence, you originally said that the audience was generally more positive this time. I think so. Um, but I also think that there's a fundamental misunderstanding uh, on the audience's part about condescending. What we no, I think this isn't condescending. This is my feeling, and and I'm not condescending towards the audience. I'm talking about a vocal, the vocal audience that we interact with on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, and that is that they fundamentally misunderstand A, what we do, B, um, how that differs from what a lot of other games journalists do. Um, and, I used, and I do use this quote condescendingly because I think a lot of games journalists, as James said, do just read uh, press releases. And, they do. They post yeah. a lot of thought pieces. Right. I added Snark. I played Fallout 4, and here's we've, what I we've thought. We've been in this industry long enough to confirm that's what they do. Because <laughs> yeah. we... A non-anonymous source. Me. <laughs> some of, that's some of what I used to do was, like, repurposing, yeah. re -repurposing yeah. that shit for G4. I was supposed to play Rock Band 4, but I didn't. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, and Add I also... some character to that piece. I also think that there's a fundamental misunderstanding, like, not misunderstanding, but I... I People like to think that they know more about a subject than they actually do. I like to flatter that's myself to think that as well. Do. Yeah, that's yeah. a good thing. That's a good and, thing. and that extends to people thinking they know more about what we do than we do. People thinking they know more about the games industry than we do. And although none of us have worked physically on a game, we have talked to far more game developers, far more game publishers, uh, interviewed artists, interviewed writers, interviewed coders, more than any of these people have. And so we know what goes into a game, with the, with the people that are talking I know, about I know, us, I know. Those people. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to point out, I'm, I'm putting Why people that. think that we Why are. ears of a listener who's getting right. mad. But, well, but, I mean, but this is, but this is, this is why I think that our attitude may come off as condescending is, I, I honestly don't see it as condescending. I see it as, it's frustrating to know as much as we do and to try and present it in a 
fairly balanced way, well, I think. In easy to digest fashion. In well. easy to digest fashion, and in a way that's conversational, in a way that, that people talk on YouTube and then get called, well, you don't know what you're talking about, for no, like, for, in an ad hominem attack for no good reason. Yeah. Where, and then when we come back and say, well, here's how this works, they're like, well, don't presume to lecture me on how it works. It's like, okay, well. It's was like, that, yeah, exactly. Something kind of sunny. That was pretty condescending. So that was really condescending. No, no, so well, it was funny. The other day, somebody, I forget who we were, I was emailing, but I was asking Mark Lawrence, Lawrence, like, I was like, Lawrence, how long have you been writing games oh. media? And what'd you say? 10 years? 10 years. I was like, and I was, I was like, Adam, how long have you been on YouTube? We were like, 10 years. And and I was like, all right, so I've been at G4, AOL Games, of Machinima. <laughs> Uh, Rooster Teeth. Unless you're counting my awesome website provided by no. my Jedi Knight team. Uh, we're not! Because okay. I wrote reviews on that. that actually, I reviewed, we're not counting that! That reviewed, tracks uh, years. Command and Conquer 2. That I actually said takes away years. I said the soundtrack wasn't as good as Red Alert. It takes away experience. Anyways, I, I, so I've been in the games industry like production 10 years. James has been there almost 10 years. Uh, Joel has been there almost 10 years as well. So it's like one of those things that I was like, holy shit, like, there's a lot of experience in this room. So when we sit down and write a script to you, or for you, <laughs> at you, or at you, <laughs> with you. We're not. We are. We're not like just bullshitting you because we like video games and like. This isn't when I was 22 and was applying to G4. Like this wasn't when I was like. I was like, I know video games. I love video games, and that's when I when I applied to G4 and I started at G4. I was like, holy balls! I know nothing about video games. I met Matt Kyle, and Matt Kyle told me shitloads of stuff that I was like. I didn't know any of know those things. know all that yeah. stuff. And, and that still happens when I talk to Adam Kovic or Lawrence Sontag on a daily basis. They tell me stuff that I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I had no idea that was a thing. Well, I, even, I learned. I mean, sorry, Adam, go ahead. Oh, no, I was like, touching on what you are saying. Like, I'm also, I, I don't think any one of us is going to sit there and go like, listen, this is how you make a video game. I don't fucking know how you make no, a video no, game. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, I, I know it usually is soul-sucking, and it takes a lot out of people, and it's usually not very rewarding, and then you sometimes will get yelled at at the end of the day. Um, but the Mark Laidlaw like thing was actually very fascinating. Like I, I, I feel like I learned something when he was talking about Same the script me. process from yeah, Valve. Yeah. I was like, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Like yeah. I, I also haven't listened to all the uh, commentary walkthroughs on all the the Valve games that they've done. Maybe I should. Yeah. But like the fact no, they're that fascinating. when when he said he's like, well, you know, we we don't write a script until the game is done. I was like, that's really crazy. I I always kind of assumed they. Every developer knew what they were doing right off the bat. They're like, "Here's the story you want to tell." It's like, and then rewatching the uh, the speedrun of Bioshock last night, I remembered. I'm like, that game was in development for like five years, and the story kept changing, and the like the setting yeah, kept changing, well, and Elizabeth you, kept changing. You All can these... really tell once you see Bioshock Infinite. Like, yeah. it's it is it is a certain game until it just it switches gears like three or four times, and right. the entire plot gets well, mangled in the process. I, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is like the interesting thing yeah. about this uh, that I was really super. I felt privileged. When Mark was telling me his process, because I, I I was like like he said I like Adam said I, I was like I never would have guessed that's the way it worked. Um, the and, and and I even wrote that in the email. I said, "Am I incorrect in this assumption?" He said, "Yes, this is how it actually works." Mm -hmm. uh, and when he told me that, I then thought to mm -hmm. myself, "Okay, so then that means probably everybody has a different process." Yeah. Like I was, I'm sure Valve has a different a different process versus Naughty Dog versus. Mm -hmm. EA versus DICE versus, I mean, like any, any other developer, like, I'm sure some, just like we write scripts, I'm sure some other movie scripts are fully written before they ever shoot the first shot. So, I think that that was another I've, thing. I've actually heard some movies go into production without a script. Iron yeah. Man. Yeah. Iron Man was shot without a script. Right. It actually was. Exactly. John Favreau did not have an actual script locked before he started shooting, and they'd just go into the scene, and then they'd figure it out. And weirdly, that was the best one of all of them. And, and, and so the interesting thing about that is... Three was really good. Everybody's got a different process. So, yeah. it, so when people were like, this is how a script is made, I was like, no. This is how Mark Laidlaw wrote a script back in 2004 for Half-Life 2. Yeah. Because we still don't know if he worked on Half-Life 3. So, and then that, that whole thing broke down to people saying like, well, that, this, this tears your story apart because your source said they had a script locked. And we're like, yeah, that's what they told us. And they said, well, they didn't. No, they never said we had a script locked. Or they said they the, had the a direct quote was the script is there. Yeah. Okay. And so then, I mean, at the end of the day, too, it's like we're reporting on what's given to us. Yeah. And so, what I took from that was there's a miscommunication between the word script, outline, and template. Yes. And yeah. so, it, it it would be kind of silly to assume Valve has no idea where Half Life Three is going. There's enough story. There's enough setup. Like. You could write some pretty interesting fan fiction, like a kid having cancer and like making out with uh, uh, Gabe. Gabe Newell or whatever. That's not what <laughs> he wrote it. Yeah, um, I'm saying you have you have enough there that you could easily write something. 
um, well, that in, in could probably pass off as like somewhat of a half halfway decent story. There's a lot of pressure there because now they're like, shit, we got all this lore and stuff, and we have to incorporate it and make sure it's all it all checks out. So I don't, you know, I don't envy well, that position, but I, I something has to be there. When right? when when I read that part of Mark Mark's uh, email, I was like, I was like, Portal Two. Like, Portal 2, yeah. obviously, yeah, obviously they were like, we kind of know, we want to know what kind of game Portal 2 is. But the whole plot aspect of things, if, if you don't think someone had a scratch pad and, ha- and was, like, was like, well, what happened in the last one? So Shell was kind of at odds with this AI unit. What if at this one we make it sympathetic? Yeah. You know, like, we may, they have to team up. That because everyone liked her so much, despite the fact that she was villain. Like that's classic sequel stuff. There, yeah. that's classic narrative sequel stuff. Where oh, we had a villain in the first one. It's mm-hmm. Apollo Creed, right? Like Apollo Creed eventually teams up with Rocky. Like if you have Shell and you have Gladys, and Gladys is a bad person, but also a super charismatic bad person, then it makes sense that in the sequel mm-hmm. they would team up and they would do all that stuff. And all the backstory about um, about the uh, aperture science industry and uh, what's his father, daughter, yeah, the, J- the JK, Dave Johnson, yeah, Dave and, Johnson, and yeah. all that stuff. It's yeah. like if you don't think that they had some of that, they didn't just be like. And then in the next level, there's a slippery, slidey section. And then, oh, what about Cave Johnson says something? It's yeah. like, no, no, they knew what Cave Johnson was probably going to say. Actually, I think they had the, an idea for the game. I think it's the other way around. They wanted slippery, slidey stuff. This yeah. is just from what Mark Laylaw said. He said. Gameplay, gameplay comes first. first. Yeah, that's very right. yeah, story that's right. afterwards. So they said, but they're like, but where did the slippery, slidey stuff come but, from? Maybe this guy Cave Johnson, yes, and then he can yes. just do VO. Yes. That, that's, what I'm to, that's what I mean by script, right? Yeah. Like, like they have an a, idea. Well, it was basically a radio drama. Yeah, that was playing in the background. It was basically just like an overglorified audio tape, but it was good. It was I, very I think, compelling. I, the interesting thing about that is, I think they they came up with the slippery stuff, and all this stuff that you just said is all in emails. Like, they all went, all right, well, what about it this? Yeah, and then yeah. they sent an email, and then somebody wrote back and probably was like, let's do this. And then this will tie in with this. And then probably along the way, my guess is they brought in uh, the guy that played Wheatley. What's his name? Oh, Stephen uh, Merchant. Stephen yeah. Merchant. They brought in Stephen Merchant. Which they actually had a different voice before that. And they're like, and they're like, okay, so there's these lines, but you can improv. Mm-hmm. Improv whatever you'd like. Uh, you know, like, th- th- this is the skeleton. It's just like uh, almost any Judd Apatow movie. They, it's, oh, they, yeah, those yeah. skeleton. They have a skeleton of a script, and then they go in there and they're just like, "Now nah, just fucking improv," yeah, because yeah, it'll be yeah. funnier if you improv it. Uh, I think that's kind of what they did for these games. That's the way they've always felt to me. But now that I especially know the process that Mark Laidlaw went through, uh, they start with gameplay, which impresses me even more. I think that's really cool because that means they design a story around gameplay rather than designing gameplay around. a Well, story. that's what we always say. It's like just make the game fun, right? And then like story and. I believe in our collective opinions is always story right. should be second or third or fourth or fifth. The order. Yeah. Get, try and guess which, or, which order the order came up with their creative process. <laughs> right, exactly. I they probably had that whole script written. Then they sat down yeah. and started designing, uh, designing a they game. They probably started doing fucking mocap. Yeah. And then they were like, all oh, right, this needs to be a game too. <laughs> the worst part about this is that you, cannot, you can't, when we're, when we're supposing all this stuff, you can't take our word for it. Yeah. Um, because, you, I mean, you can't. And also... It's funny, like, my, now my uh, outlook on scripts for video games has been totally changed, so now I'm like, well, I'm questioning everything. But I think, I think that there's something to be said about the fact that every game is probably produced a little bit differently. Oh, and company yeah. culture is very different from place to place to place. Sure, and Valve has a handbook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's condescending. That I, very condescending. I, I, I'm laying that out. There's a handbook that you can read Uh-oh. that tells you exactly how they Here go about their Except that what you're going to follow it up with is that handbook is from 2002 and yep. think about how much 12. company culture changes over the course of a couple of years. Well, my, my response to that was we've worked at places with company handbooks and sure. we immediately threw them away. <laughs> no, it's went, true. Yeah, you get them and then put them in the trash. They were like, awesome, thanks. This is Neat. It's one of the things I was I was getting at a while ago, which is the point of, the point of doing these stories and discussing them is to hopefully increase awareness of the reality of situations and thus the empathy between players and makers. Like, mm. um, if if you like story based games and there's a story there's like a dev who develops games story first, like your David Cage's or whatever, then you kind of have a better idea of what to expect and how those games are made and maybe a better understanding of why they perform the way they do or the kinds of people they appeal to. Or maybe you get a little less frustrated when a game like Bioshock Infinite has a story that kind of falls apart. It's because the story wasn't the focus. Like, it was making a fun game. And there are certain sections of the game, like fighting that stupid fucking ghost woman, that they for some reason Uh, wanted to keep. 
I, um, I the, Bioshock's interesting because, yeah, like I said, I was watching that speed run, and like, it does feel like a, a mix of different games, but that's mm -hmm. also what happens when the game is in development. But yeah. I remember it was, uh, was it Ken, Ken Levine? Levine. Mm -hmm. Ken Levine. Uh, Adam Levine. Kevin. Kevin, Kevin Levine. Kevin Levine. Yeah. Ken. That's an inside joke. Um, <laughs> I remember him saying, he's like, look, we got to make a fun game. Like, and I was like, thank you. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> like, yeah. And he's like, and people are like, why is Booker on the box? And they're like, because... I went man to, with a gun sells well, I forgot what he, he said the story like he went to like some like frat house in Boston Oh, yeah, and he showed him like two different covers and they were like they gave him Bioshock one And there was like a robot on it and a little girl. They're like what the fuck is this? But then like Call of Duty had an army man like let's play this and he, <laughs> and he Basically, it was like, okay, well, we got to sell we got to move units And I was like, well at least he's being honest about the business side and how you kind of have to make creative choices about things that ultimately don't matter like but Ken Story. Levine is the only one who can get away with saying something like that. Yeah. Which is, sure. it's, that's, that's the bummer. Like, in, in today's, like, media space, your average dev cannot be that honest and never would be allowed to. In fact, probably has to sign paperwork saying they never will. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that kind of gets on my nerves. You have those moments of clarity, like those moments of, of understanding and learning, then they're happening less and less. Uh, and that's the thing that I hoped doing this kind of reporting would help. It creates a dialogue. Like, the Mark Laidlaw conversation happened because we reported the story. Yeah. And... You know, for better or worse, it did, it did kind of make more information come out. It may not be pertinent information. Like, if, if you want to hear Half-Life 3 is coming out next month, that's not the information that came out. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully throughout this process, you've gotten a little more understanding about why Valve's in the situation they are and so why Half-Life 3 has not come out yet. You're saying we saved Half-Life 3. No, we did it! If they announce it, I, I think, we um, are the heroes. Well, I think, I think if you watch us, you could interpret a couple. Uh, like, so we've been accused of being, like, not... Consume like prosumer oh, yeah. enough, oh, right? Boy. That's right. Because we're, we're pro business. Because well, well, because we acknowledge that it, it it is a business, and we also say like, hey, maybe you shouldn't get so upset with the developers because who knows how much what their time constraints were. People yeah. interpret that. I don't think we'd ever we'd ever really stand up to defend like the executive businessmen no. making these really shitty decisions just so that way they can save a couple dollars on a game or whatever, you know? Like, I don't think we'd ever really get into that, but we generally are on the side of the developers, the people who are actually there working on the game. The artists. And, yeah, yeah, the, the artists, artists exactly. making the games and busting their ass for it, who maybe you shouldn't hold accountable for a lot of the the business decision. Well, business. Also, yeah, and it's, and it's totally one of those things agree. like, when we explain a business decision to you that or the, the way we think it works, it's not because we're defending it. It's because we're trying to tell you why. Yeah. You know, like it's it's we're trying to tell you why it happened because we've been in the video games business for a while, Are and we've seen we've seen the way that oh, oh we've seen the way that works. So we're like, well, this is probably why it happened. Like it doesn't necessarily mean we're like, and that's a good thing. We're yeah. just saying this is why it happened. Yeah. Also, it's my old goal when whenever we defend soulless businesses like that is to help people appreciate that like if you want to change it. Getting mad and yelling on the internet is not going to do much. Yeah. Like, the first step to solving a problem is understanding the problem. And if you understand why certain decisions are made or why games are developed the way they are, then you can start to affect it. Um, sadly, most of the time, the answer is because other games make shitloads more cash. Um, and if, if you don't like free-to-play or mobile, and that's what these games are competing with, then you start to understand, you have to kind of come to the conclusion that I thought I was at the center of the game's world and I'm not. Yeah. And I'm, and at that point, sadly, you kind of start to say like, well, I'm kind of lucky that products that I like are still getting made, because the margin isn't as high. And if all of these businesses are businesses, they would be chasing the cash. Yeah. And a lot of them are, but some of them aren't, because some of them, a lot of game developers are like, no, I want to make this kind of game, and sometimes that requires concessions. Well, Valve's interesting mm -hmm. because they're doing both. Yeah. Because it's like, well, yeah, they we used to do both. They used to do both. Well, no, no, I mean like they're they made they're, a non free to play in a while. They're still making, but they're still making games. Yeah, like, and that's cool. Right. They're See, making that's... a lot of money. Well, Dota's a game. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. You're right. I mean, uh, and from what we last saw, I mean, it looks like Left 4 Dead 3 might be the next game to come I hope out. So. I hope so. Yeah. Something might come out, but like, they're making a shitload of money. They don't need to prove it to anybody. They're just like, yeah, we're on top. Let's stay there. Yeah. And. They're not at the behest of anyone to do it, but they're making a lot of decisions that seem to be mon based monetarily, uh, which is, but, also, but, but it's smart because they're a business. But also creatively, oh. I mean, Bruce and I were talking this morning, uh, as much, like, there, there are different types of creative processes that go into creating these games. So, like, something like Half-Life or Bioshock or whatever can be considered like a magnum opus that takes years to produce, and you have this giant final product that, you know, transcends genres and does yeah. so many things and takes forever to play. But then there's also something to be said about like 
you know, that that's like making a movie. And then what's like making a YouTube video where you can pump like two or three or four or five of them or eight of them out, like, or 15 like we do in a week, and you get immediate fan feedback. Now that's like a free to, to me that's like a free to play game where you can add, or a, mobile, yeah. um, or a mobile game where you can add like a new hat or a microtransaction or a costume and see how people right. feel about that. And that's also exciting. And to discount that level of creativity is also I think a little insulting to the developers who, some, it's true. for sure there are some like hack developers who make rip off games <laughs> and bullshit and all sorts of crap. <laughs> um, Lawrence died. But there right. are also like people who want to draw like funny, cool, like, Himbo. like yeah, like cartoony mobile games and like put, put it this out. Developer, why? Why? <laughs> you get three levels in and then they make you start replaying yeah. shit. Yeah, that's kind of. Well, if you played them right the first time, no, yeah. Adam no, played no, the first he, two he pretty fucking yeah, well. He didn't get all the right. skull points. Peanuts. You shouldn't need to get them all. You should just get some, and then by the time you get to like level ten, then they have you start going back. <laughs> the cap is a little stuff. high, but Jeez, uh, I whatever. I, the game seems enjoyable. The game's fun. I'm just kidding. Now fuck this developer. Fuck this game freak. They made Pokemon Dog. These guys made Pokemon. Pokemon Dog. No, the, the, and Nintendo Joel, made Joel makes a good point about content in general, and uh, a really good example of this is Mad Max. Hmm. So Mad Max Fury Road is sort of like the magnum opus that should never have gotten made. It cost two hundred million dollars to make, and like this is a movie that everyone was like, nobody wants fucking Mad Max, and he made an amazing film, hmm. and the film basically ended up justifying its cost only because they released it and it was good and well accepted by everybody. Now, that's what we're hoping happens with Half-Life 3. We want Half-Life 3 to come out. Do not get us wrong. I want Half-Life, I wanted Half-Life 3 to come out ever since I've played Half-Life fucking 2 in 2004. Um, I want this game to be exactly what Mad Max Fury Road is, which is, I want this game to be so, like something that somebody is so passionate about, they're like, you know what, I'm putting my fucking ass on the line, like George Miller did, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna put a hundred million dollars of my own money into it, we're gonna make it the best game ever, and then they release it, and it gets, and it's well accepted by critics. Now the problem is, Mad Max Fury Road doesn't have to deal with the gamer audience. Because the gamer audience is gonna tear apart Half-Life 3 when it comes out. Well, this, or if it's it bound to be this a movie is, is, audience that tore it apart, right? Like a Mad Max yeah. fan base? No, no. Most people loved it. There's yeah, also, loved it. there's something else that Bruce and I talked about this morning before everybody came oh, in, and that is the differences in the medium, in the media. So, um, one of the, one of the points that Mark made that I absolutely agree with in his emails uh, yeah. is the fact that when you know he's reading this book series, oh, yeah. this fantasy book series, and the author you know releases one of them, and then he works on a million different projects, and then maybe he'll release another one, and it's taking decades for this seven or twelve book cycle series to come out. And I agree that author with with Mark, I agree that that author should have as much time as he as he needs to create those those worlds that he's living in. And I feel the same way about um, George R. R. Martin and Game of Thrones, and that like. He can take as long as he wants between books, like because yeah, they're so forever. good. The difference, what Mark I think might not, and I, I don't know for certain, but what it seems like he doesn't understand is the difference between a, a, a product like that and a product like a video game, especially a video game like Half Life, which is a first-person immersive video game where the audience, you know, when you're reading a book, is very passive. You're being told what's happening. But uh, in, in, in a video game, you're playing as the character. Right. You feel like it's you are, yeah, you, it's more interactive and you feel like you have a vested interest in what's going on much more. And I think he maybe discounts that when he's talking about like, oh, you know, I don't like the way the journalism, basically he's saying I don't like the way the journalism works and the way that leak, you know, the leak culture and the preview culture and needing to know the, the creative process and what's going on all the time. And it's like, well, well was it, it was interesting I agree with you, but you have to understand the audience. Right, well, so, so, about that dialogue is that that exists whether or not Mark Laidlaw likes it. So, right. like, that's what, and that, that's what I was trying to explain to him is that, like, in, in not, you know, hundreds of paragraphs, the fact that there is sort of a, there is a leak culture that whether you like it or not. Like, that's just sort of the way it goes. And sorry, Mark. Like, sorry, you had to return emails, but that's just that's what it is. Oh, hey, Mark. Right. <laughs> oh, real quick. Uh, Thanks for watching Dude Soup, Mark. It's time to uh, to you. mention that this episode is sponsored by Loot Crate. Uh, Loot Crate is a subscription service that gives you monthly monthly geek pop culture and nerdy items in the mail, including solar calculators, pocket protectors, Ooh. pens of various colors. Uh, no, this stuff's stuff's better than that. Yeah, there's multicolored Mega Man's. Apparently one of which is uh, unfindable. You always see that uh, Power Ranger shirt that James loves. Oh yeah, the Power Ranger shirt. It's the White Ranger, like Green shirt. Ranger shirt. Mm -hmm. but the, uh, the boxes are all inspired by classic movie and video game releases as well as pulling from pop culture franchises. Previous crates have included items from franchises like Star Wars, Marvel, The Walking Dead, Legend of Zelda, and many more. Power Rangers. 
<laughs> yeah, in Power Rangers, <laughs> the classic series Power Rangers. Um, Luke Crate says that it's like a friend who knows what you love and surprises you with an awesome present every month. Oh. I've never had a single friend that did that, so... <laughs> turns out you just have to pay someone to be your friend and they'll give you stuff. Uh, you have until the 19th at 9pm Pacific to subscribe and receive this month's crate. Um, after that cutoff, it'll be next month. So if you go to their website, see what the theme for this month is, and decide that you like it, you should sign up. And if you decide to sign up, use code DUDESOUP to get $3 off a new subscription. So thank you, Luke Crate, for sponsoring. Sweet. And uh, I'm sure the Half-Life 3 box is coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> How great would that be? Half-Life Orange Half Box. Half-Life 3 is a Luke Crate exclusive. So wow, we, we actually spent most of the podcast talking about Half-Life. I didn't expect that to we happen. Have, we, we didn't. Have, what about Ant-Man? Let's talk oh. about Adam's balls. Oh no, well, the podcast is over. We're gonna talk about Adam's balls next time. Damn really? it. Yeah, sorry. Oh, but they might not be Adam, stolen by that. Adam, give him a little <laughs> teaser. Huh? Uh, yeah, on Friday, for some reason, <laughs> my balls were really big. Whoa. They swall up and like, they're like uh, James uh, Spool and I went to the gym and I was changing. And I'm like, my balls feel huge. Well, no, you said, you said, do your guys' balls ever swell up and get real itchy? And I, and Spool and I went, absolutely not. Yeah, no, That's absolutely bad. not. That's bad. Yeah, it was really bad. I went to the doctor. Do the ball thing. Do the do. Oh, do oh. Dude, I'm dying. What? I, do the, the ball move. No, do no. the dang ball move. I'm working on it. That's what they're there for. Oh. No. <laughs> anyway, well, your, your balls are okay. Damn now. it, Adam. I'm working on it. We'll hear more about Adam's um, ball I'm, juicing I'm, next week. What the fuck? Got to squeeze all that ball juice out. There you there go. There you go. We did it. All right. Well, guys, thank you for listening to Dude Soup. Uh, I think I think it's time we put this halfway thing to bed. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm tired of talking about it. Yeah. We, we've got one more video, which is the uh, FAQ. Yeah. People call out and ask like a bunch of questions. Uh, oh, we already made that though. Yeah. So once we put that video out, that'll be the that'll be the last of Half-Life Three you hear from us probably for a little bit. We're it's funny because somebody sucking that valve, Dick. I think it was on Reddit. Somebody basically identified our our cycle, which yeah. is was emergent. It wasn't planned this way, but yeah, we'll end up making a uh, <laughs> a contentious no episode. Yeah. Make another no episode, then talk about it on the podcast, and then it's gone forever. If there's so. bigger news, let us know. Yeah, yeah I know. I was, I, that. Uh, I, I, know. I was more impressed that that guy watches enough of our shit that he was like, called him out, did it, and I was like, you're the fucker, you're watching it all. I, I don't know, thank you. I, yeah, I, like, that, I treated I'm, it as a compliment. Not, that yeah, you I'm not moved. mad at you, I mean... Yeah, we kind of gotta, you gotta, you know, we gotta hit the ball. We can talk about Mission Impossible next week. Oh, man. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. There's gonna be some good car chases. Boom. Is it tonight, dog? We can't can't talk about that. Secrets. Secrets. Um, Anyways, all right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful week. I'm gonna play with this elephant a bit more. I don't even really care about Half Life. Yeah. (laughs) There's so many games out right now. I do. I want to play the shit out of Half Life. I get all torn up about Half Life. I dying for it. I mean, I want it, but damn. Metal Gear and Fallout 4 are coming out this year. How many of you guys have played New Order and Old Blood? Huh? Nobody. I, still need, <laughs> right. I need to play Old Blood. It's really good. I know. It's less. It's way less narrative, though. I need to stop. I need to play that instead of fucking Battlefield Hardline. That was a waste of my time. I, I don't know why you would ever do that. I was like, maybe it's good. Hardline maybe. 